Okay, so we're up to Daf Lamed Vav Amid Aleph on the top line. So we said, we talked about how the, when the day the Jewish people entered Eretz Yisrael, they had to go to Hargrizim Har Evil, which Pashtus is all the way to the east. They brought Karbonus there, they wrote the Sefer Torah, the Torah on the stones. So now the Gemara goes through, Borei, top line, Lamed Vav Amid Aleph, Borei, come and listen, Kama Nisim Nasu Ba'isayoyim. Look how many miraculous things happened to the Jewish people. I mean, what they were able to accomplish that day was miraculous. It was, it was way more than what a normal person could accomplish. But over Yisrael Yarden, they split the Yarden, which is obviously a huge miracle. They traveled to Hargrizim Harevel, yes, in Meshisha Mill, which is more than 60 mil away from the Yarden, which is about 35 to 40 miles. All the Jewish people traveled in one day 40 miles, which is obviously miraculous. And as they were traveling, a miraculous thing happened that no non-Jew was able to stand before them. And any Jew, any non-Jew that did stand in their way, they started uh, to be so terrified that they became disemboweled. They would just go to the bathroom. This is all part of the miracle that happened the first day. I'll send fear before you. And I'll make everyone confused that see you. Now, Vayimer in the pasuk also says, "Tipalim asavacha." There'll be a, tra- a terror that before them. Now, because he mentioned "Tipalim asavachad," which is in um, which is in Shir Yashir, we also said "Ad Yavar Amcha Hashem, Ad Yavar Mzukanisa." It says Yavar twice. Now, Yavar is referring to entering Israel, so it says entering Israel twice. We only entered Israel once. So, what does it mean? So, a very famous Gemara: "Zubi Rishayna, Ad Yavar Mzukanisa, Zubi Ashnia." The point is, the Pasuk is really equating the two times that we entered Israel. One was during the times of Yehoshua, and the second one was and after the first Chorban, when the Jewish people from Babel were returning, and they were returning with Ezra. And the Pasuk is equating the two. How so? Says the Gemara, Emer Me'ata, you could see from this Pasuk, Ruyin ha Yisrael la'asas that a miracle should have happened. I mean, the same way when we entered Israel with Yeshua, it was open miracles, splitting of the Yardin, Mamish, open miracles. The truth is, when Kla Yisrael returned after the first Chorban, it should have been the same level of open miracles with Ezra. The reason why it wasn't miraculous at all, they had to book their own tickets, and they had to drive there, and they had to walk there, it was, it was incredibly regular, was because of the chet, our sins. But the truth is, it should have been as miraculous. Now, so they get there, they travel to... They travel to Hargriz Marevo. This is all describing what happened the first day. They take the stones by Hargriz Marevo. They built a Mizbeach. They coat it with plaster. They write the Torah in 70 languages, which is a self miraculous they could do in such a short period of time. I saw some Rishonim say that it wasn't the whole Torah, it was just the 613 mitzvahs. Either way, you're talking about a tremendous amount of uh, uh, time to, to spend, but it was all miraculously done incredibly quickly. As the Pastor says, the Torah was clarified there. So Then the same day they brought Karbanos. They ate, they drank, and they rejoiced. They did the brachas and the klolos and hagrizim arevo. They dismantled the stones of Bovalon of Gilgal and took it back to Gilgal, which is another 40 miles back to the west. Shenemar. As the Pasuk says, you shall take the stones with you, and you shall leave it where you're staying. And we had this before. You might think that they would have to travel with the stones every day throughout their time in Israel. That's what the Pasuk says, you'll take it to the place where you're steeping tonight. That they took it to Gilgal and they left it by Gilgal. Okay, now Tanya, there was a thing 
that when Moshe Rabbeinu was traveling with the Jewish people, there was one of the tools that we had to protect us was called the tzira. It was a type of insect that would that would uh, attack the enemies. So Tana, the Braisa teaches, tzira loyavri mochem. The tzira did not enter Israel with them. It was a Moshe Rabbeinu tool. It was a Moshe Rabbeinu tool. It was not used by Yeshua when they entered Eretz Yisrael. But here's the problem. The problem is, The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that Hashem says, I will send the Tzirah with you. So was the Tzirah sent with them or not? So two explanations. Rish Lakish's answer is the Tzirah helped them, but it never went with them. How so? It stood outside. The Tzirah refused to enter Eretz Yisrael. It stood outside of Eretz Yisrael, but it shot venom into into Eretz Yisrael and attacked from a distance. So it was there to help, but it wasn't physically there to help. V'simna e'nehem, the Tzirah blinded the people, the enemies that it attacked. V'sirastan momayla, and it made them sterile. At the same time, Shnemar, Anoichi Shmadis Amori Vimnehem, Ashagoiva Rosim Gavu, I destroyed the Amori who are as tall as cedars, the Chosen Hu Karloinim, the Ashmir Piria Mimal, the Shiroshim Mitachas. And um, I destroyed their fruit from above and the roots from below. So that implies that there's an, a double attack from above and below. So it's the eyes and the male part of the body. Both were attacked by the tzirah. So the first explanation is that the tzirah helped them, but it didn't actually travel with them because it stayed outside in Chutz Laaretz and shot its missiles into Eretz Yisrael, which we, we're seeing now. So now we have, uh, we have to just reverse it. So Rav Papa, but we have to reverse it. This time the missile should be for us. But Rav Papa, um, Rav Papa says, no, he says, not very simply. There were two types of tziris. The answer is, it wasn't the same insect. There were two different shluchim of tziris. There were the Moshe Rabbeinu tziris. Those did not enter Eretz Yisrael. But then Yeshua had his own. And they did enter Eretz Yisrael. So that's a very nice way to explain it. Okay, so now the puzzle, it's like this. I, I can't, our scroll has a chart. I'm not going to be making charts. But... It's like this. The Torah specifically says how the Shvatim on Har Grizim and Har Evil are going to be split up. I'll just tell it to you once. Mm-hmm. On Har Grizim, it's Shimon Levi Yehudi Yisachar Yosef Ben Yamin. And on Har Evil, it's Reuben God Asher Zavol and Dan Naftali. Okay, that, that's what the Torah says. The Torah never specifically clarifies how the Shvatim were written on the ephod of the Kohen Gadol. So the question is, do are they the same? So the Gemara says like this. The Pazuk says that six Shvatim Anar Hagrizim, and thus six Shvatim Anar, uh, uh, six Shvatim are Hevel, and thus six Shvatim are Hagrizim. What is it, thus six Shvatim? Just say six and six. What's the? My Hachetzia, what does it mean, half of them? Half, it sounds like it's like the six Shvatim from another place are over here. So says the Gemara, Amrav Kahana, Kedar Shachalukin Kahan, Kachalupa Avne Eva. Says Rav Kahana, the same way the Shvatim are split up by our Grizim Evil, that's how it's split up on the shoulder straps of the Kayin Gadol. Okay. We know that on his chest he had all the Shvatim of different stones, and on the shoulder plates he had six on each stone on the shoulder. So the Sezer of Kahana, the same way it's split up by our Grizim Evil, that's how it's split up on the Ephod. Now here's the problem. The problem is, we're going to have a Brisa, a pretty long Brisa, that brings down two opinions as to how it's split up on the Ephod. Neither is our Grizim Evil. So it's just a, a problem. And Rav Kahana can't argue on a brysa. So we're going to have a brysa that has two opinions as to how it's split up. Either it's split up a certain way that it's described in Devarim, or it's split up with the way they were born, meaning by age. Ruben, Shem, and Levi, But 
neither goes with the formation of Hargreaves and Mar-Evel. Okay, so let's see the Gemara. May I have a kasha? If it was according to Har-Evel, Har-Griz, then how would it appear on, the, on 12? Well, no, no, because Har-Griz had six on, six on either side. Right. So, no, so, so when you have uh, what there... No, 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 so we're not talking about... No, no, we're talking about on the shoulder straps. Oh. There were special oh, uh, six stones, and six. six and six. Oh. So we're talking about specifically the six and six on the shoulder straps. And the question is, what were the six like on either side? What what, what order? Oh, so we're, we're talking about the Kisos of not the Choshen. Correct. Mm-hmm. So so he's saying, the Rav Kahana is saying, the order of Hargrizim Evil, that was the formation on the Eifel. The problem is, we're going to have a Brisa that brings the two opinions. Neither is Rav Kahana. Says the Gemara Mesa, have a kasha. The Brisa says like this: The Kain Godla had two stones on the on his shoulders, one on either side. And there were twelve tribes inscribed on the stones. Six on either stone. As the Pesach says. Now, how were they ordered? The the way they were written. Uh, the second stone was in order of birth, but the first one was slightly out of order, so it was generally done by the way they were born, except the first stone had one out of order, which was Yehuda Muktam, meaning the first stone, instead of having Ruven first, it had Yehuda first, but the rest were by birth order. Yeah? Is this, in the, is this, uh, is this deal with Yosef and Levi? And Anifam and Manasseh? No, the, yeah, this is Yosef. This is Yosef. This is not a Fraimanash. This is Yosef. Either way, it's going to be Yosef. Either way, either Grizim, Aphod, it's all Yosef. They, they, they were not split up. I, uh, we did not split up. It wasn't 13 names. It was 12. So, so you have over here is like this. So the first opinion as to how the Aphod was split up was by birth order, except Yehuda was first. But it was birth order. Bekitzer. It was birth order. Not Hargrizim Marevel. Birth order. So Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, the, the, Yehuda, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and then it was eventually done with Binyamin being the last, because it was Mamish birth order. <coughs> As the Pesach says, um, because the Pesach says, Kisol dosam. So dosam means the birth order. Okay. Chamisha Mosi Yisayi, there were 50 letters. Esim Chamesh Eleven Azu, Esim Chamesh Eleven Zu, 25 letters on each stone. Fine. So that's the first opinion. The first opinion is that it is uh, birth order. By the way, there's going to be a problem. No, 25 in this stone, 25 in that stone. 25 in this stone, 25 in that stone. There were two stones. Stone here, stone here. There's one stone on either shoulder, on either shoulder. So 25 on this this stone, and 25 on this stone. Now, so the first important is that it's birth order. Uh, by the way, the Gemara says that there were 50 letters. If you're someone who counts up very quickly, you'll see it was 49. There were 49 letters of the Shvatim, not 50. Well, the Gemara will address that in a second. Rav Chanina ben Gamliel, Rav Chanina ben Gamliel says, go to the next page. He says, no, it wasn't the birth order. It wasn't the way they were ordered in Devarim, but rather the way they were ordered in the beginning of Shemais. In the beginning of Shemais, it lists the Shvatim, that was the order. So it's not birth order, it's the beginning of Shemos order. Do we know what kind of stones? Well, yeah, the type of stones on the Aphod? On the Aphod or the Kain Gadol? It's one stone here, one stone here, and then 12 in the Choshen. Right, right. What type of jewels? I have to, I mean, the, the, the Aphod itself has yeah, in, the, in, the, and, in addition, in addition, he had a shoulder. The shoulder strap had a stone on either shoulder. I, I mean, there's a name in the puzzle. I think it's Yahaloim or something. I don't, I don't know what it means. I, I'm sure Art Scroll or Ravari Kaplan's 
Chumash probably brings down exactly what type of gem it is, but I, I don't remember. So the Gemara says, so the first opinion is that was birth order. The second opinion is that it's the way they were described in the beginning of Shema, is Ketzad. So what is that order? So we're going to run through. B'nai Levi Kisidron, so it's Reuven, Shem, and Levi, Yehudi, Sachar, Zavolin. Then B'nai Rochel, so that's on one stone. And then on the second stone, you had Yosef on the first, Binyamin last, and then in between Yosef and Binyamin, you had Bnei Bila and Bnei Zilpa. Bnei Rochel, Echam Mekan, Echam Mekan, Bnei Shechos, Be'emtza. Don Naftali got an usher, so you had Yosef, Don Naftali got usher, Binyamin. Okay, so by the way, so that means it's not birth order. I, the Pasuk says, Kisol Daisam, so that means birth order. Elamani Mekai Mekisol Daisam, this opinion who says it's not birth order, what does he do with the Pasuk Kisol Daisam? It says, Kishmosin Shekarlin Avihin, Velokishama Shekarlin Moshe. What it means is, the words, the names, are used on the aphod are used the same spelling of how Yaakov named them when they were born, as opposed to Moshe Rabbeinu's sort of nickname for them. Because Moshe Rabbeinu in the Torah called Ruveni, Gadi. So it's Ruvein, Velo Ruveni. So it's Kisodosam. It does not the order, it just means the spelling is how Yaakov Avinu spelled them when they were born. So what you do have over here is you have two opinions as to the proper order of, this, of the names. But it's not Hagriz Marevel. It's either birth order or it's this specific order from Shemai. So it's not Hagriz Marevel. Tiofta Derev Kahanak, Tiofta Derev Kahana is Taka rejected. Why can't okay. you say every time where it says Kisoldo Sum, the subset for each, like, for, uh, like, uh, uh, Bnei Leah, that's the Kisolda sum, that they're in order, or uh, Rachel, or Bilan Well, because well, it's, not, I mean, because also, even, no, I'll tell you why, because it's not even, even you're, you'd be right, except oh, for eight. Rachel is also, it's split up, it's Yosef, and then Binyamin are split up, so it's not Kisolda sum, even in, I'm saying, within each mother, it's not, oh, it, nice. it, it's split up in between, so it wouldn't really be Kisolda sum. Okay, so you have two Pshatim, Oh, what Kisol Sam means? Either it means in birth order or it means the spelling, but it's not in the birth order. But either way, it's not Hagriz Malayevil order. Tiofta, he's rejected. Okay, so now if you reject, so what is Ibn Vachetzio? We started by saying Hagriz Malayevil is because it says by Hagrizim Vachetzio and the second half. And we said, what's the second half? Just say six on this, six on this, half on this, half on this. So what's the half? So we said the same half as, har, as the aphod is the same here. Like the aphod is here. The problem is it's not true. So go back. So what does it mean? So my You know what it means? It means is the half. It means less than. Although it's six shvatim on either side, hagrizim outweighed harevel. So harevel was the half because it was less than. It was like the smaller half. So it's not the as in referencing the half as found in other parts of the Torah. It's the half as in the lesser half. Meaning, although it's six and six, but from population numbers-wise, Hargrizim had way more. Why? Because Levi was in the bottom. Meaning, six and six Shvazim. One of them is Levim. They were on Hargrizim. But they weren't all on Hargrizim, because as we said, the elders were on the bottom in, 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 giving the brachas. So I don't know the exact numbers, but let's say 40% of Levi was up there. Not, and 60% was down. So it says Hargrizim outnumbered Harevol because Levi's on the bottom. Let me ask you a question. Levi's in Hargrizim. Hagrizim outnumbered Harevel because Levi's on the bottom, it should be despite Levi being on the bottom. If Levi's on the bottom, that means there's less on top, and still Hargrizim outweighed Harevel. So what does it mean that Hargrizim outweighed Harevel in numbers because Levi's on the bottom? So the Gemara says, Shouldn't it be that Hargrizim is less than because Levi's on the bottom? So how is, how is Hargrizim outnumbering Harevel in numbers if Levi's Shevet, most of Levi's Shevet, are not even on the mountain? So it's really like five and a half against six. So how is Hargrizim outnumbering? The answer is, 
Shvatim. The reason is because one of the Shvatim that's on Har Grizim, while Levi is not there, but you know who is there? Yosef. Yosef had, from a population standpoint, the largest Shevet. And therefore, Yosef's Shevet outweighed by itself picked up the difference of the Leviim, and it outweighed, so therefore Har Grizim outweighed Har Eval, despite Levi being the bottom, because of Bnei Yosef. How do I know Bnei Yosef had so many people? Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, that when Yosef, when the Yeshua was giving out the land of Eretz Yisrael, Yosef complained to Yeshua that we have too many people, you're not giving us enough land. So you see that Yosef had so much. As the Pasuk says, Yosef as Yeshua Levi, the children of Yosef went to Yeshua and said, You gave me one plot of land that would many people. Now, just to finish that discussion, so what did Yeshua respond to them? Yeshua said, if you have so many people, go to the forest. What is, how does that help? If you go to the forest, how is the forest going to help you? So the Gemara says, so what is Yeshua telling them? If you have so many people, you go to the forest. Yeshua was saying, you know, you have so many people, you should be worried about Ayin Hara. Go to the forest that nobody sees you. Avoid Ayin Hara. What was, what was Bnei Yosef's response? So we know, we've learned Gemara now to know that Yosef Shevet is not affected by Ayin Hara. So they responded to Yeshua, The children of Yosef are not affected by Ayin Hara, so we don't have to worry. The charming son of Yosef, Ben Paris Ali Ayin, a charming son to the eye. Yosef is above the eye, they're not affected by Ayin Hara. The reason historically, for the record, is Ayin Hara is affected by your chatoim. It latches onto your chatoim. Yosef, Shevet, were known to be tzaddikim. So, whatever this means. But, uh, so, they're saying we're above the eye. That's the first shot of how Yosef was not affected by Ayin Hara. The second is, Rav Yosef, Rav Chanina Mehacha, V'yid Goloi, V'karavaris. We know the bracha to the children of Yosef, but they be like the fish. Ma'adagim Shaviyah, Ma'ayim Mechasinlehim, just like fish. The water covers them. You can't see them. Ain't I in Shalitzim? You can't see the water. You can't see the fish because the water covers it. Avzar Shal Yosef. I in I in Behen. Okay. So we said before, but for the for the purposes of Hargrizim Harevol and for the Ephod, and even for uh, it, it, it's it, it's uh, they were one shevet. They were one shevet. They were they were big. So land, so it's a discussion over there. No, that's why he did, they did get, they got small parcels. Their, their two portions were equal to one portion. So the Gemara says, wait, wait. So we said, how many letters were on the ephod? 50. Hani chamishim, oisius, chamishim nachi chadav. Isn't a 49? If you count out the shradim, it's 49, it's not 50. So says the Gemara, Amrav Yitzchak, Yosef, Haisif Leyachas. We know that Yosef at Tzadik, in the Torah, he once has his name with a hey. Had an extra letter. So Yosef was spelled with a hey. Here's the problem. So that's how you get to 50. Wait a minute. I thought just we just got finished saying it has to be spelled the way Yaakov Avinu named them. Kisaldaisam. So you, you can't, not with nicknames. Yehoisif is not Yosef. Atzadik was not named as Yehoisif. He was named as Yosef. The Gemara says, Maskelar of Rechem Yitzchak, Kisaldosam Be'inan. You can't spell it with a hey because that's not how he was spelled in, uh, uh, by Yaakov Avinu. So the answer is, you're right. You know what the answer is? Binyamin throughout the Torah is spelled without a Yud. But when Yaakov named him, it's spelled with a Yud. So that's your 50. The answer is, Normally the Binyamin is spelled with one Yud. But over here on the Ephod, it was spelled with two Yuds. Because when Yaakov Avinu names Binyamin with Binyamin, it's two Yuds. And therefore, that's a fulfillment of Kisal Sum, And that's how you get to 50. Now we mentioned... Yosef getting an extra hay. So this Gemara we had before already, 
I don't remember where. You'll tell me where. We had with Yosef getting an extra hay. Oh, it was, it was an early Saita where that uh, Yehuda with uh, Tamar, the Sugi of Saita. It's in the beginning of Saita, yeah? Mm-hmm. So Yehuda and Tamar. So, so there you go. So, so, Yo, so, so Yosef was Mekadesh Shem Shemayim privately, right? He did not do the Aver with Eshes Potiphar, but no one knew about it, but it's a big Kiddush Hashem. So he got an extra hay. Yehuda who publicly said he made a mistake to avoid Tamar being killed. He was Mekadah Shem Shemayim publicly. Davav. Mekadah Shem Shemayim publicly. Sure. So he had his whole Yehuda, his, his entire Yudke Vavke is entirely found in his name. So the Gemara now, we mentioned the hey, we're going to talk about this. And now we're going to go, this is going to be the source of the very famous Gemaras, of some of the most famous Gemaras, of Yosef HaTzadik with Ashes Potiphar. A lot of the stuff that we know from Rashi, it's from this Gemara. Yosef was Mekadashim Shemayim privately by not doing the sin with Ashes Potiphar. He was to get an extra hey, which is one of the letters of Hashem's name. Yehuda, who is Mekadashim Shemayim publicly. Now, Earlier in the Masechta, we said that that was because he didn't, he, he, he made, uh, he, he acknowledged uh, um, uh, Tamar. And that, but the Gemara, tomorrow's daf will describe maybe a different Mahalach of how he was Mekadashim Shemayim publicly, with Nachshem and Aminad of jumping in the water, but that's tomorrow. But right now, Yehuda was Mekadashim Shemayim publicly. Nigra Kule Baruch Yehuda is Yud Kei Dalid. So that it's, uh, it's Yud Kei in all four directions. His entire name is comprised of a Shem Hashem. Now, what was... Well, that's also that's an approach of Tzadik, which the Baltania has the opposite approach. The Baltania has it that the Yosef uh, is the Baltshuva and Yehuda is the Tzadik. So it's always a tricky thing. Uh, but those, those are all later with Joshim. Um, I don't know. So the Gemara says, Yosef, how is Yosef Mekadashim Shemayim? Again, with Eshes Potiphar. It says, the day, right, the day that he was accused of attacking her and he was thrown into prison, he got to her house to, do, to go to work. It says, when it says to do the work, that's a euphemism for to do an Aver. That Yosef planned when he went to the house, he was going to give in. He was being pushed, pushed, pushed to, to live with her. And by the way, the Zaya describes that it wasn't just enticing as a male-female. She was convincing him based on astrology that they're supposed to be together, which she wasn't that far off because Yosef marries her daughter. So the, the point is, so he decided he's coming in, he decided, that's it, I'm, I'm doing an Avera. And he, and he didn't. So now, by the way, now that we mentioned that he did not, that he planned to do an Avera, the truth is the Machloikas, and this is again from Rashi. The, Rashi gets it from here. It says that day he went to work. So it's a Machloikas. One opinion says, no, he went to go physically to work, not to do an Avera, he wanted to go to work. It's his job, nine to five. And one opinion says, like Rav Yochanan, that he actually went to do an Avera. Now, the Pasuk says that when he went to do the Avera or when he went to work, there's nobody there. Where is everybody? How could you have such a large... He was one of the generals in, in Pyro's army. He was a very, very influential person and he had a lot of slaves. So how could there be no one in his estate? Says the Gemara, How could it be that there was no one in Potiphar's house? What's the likelihood? The day was a day, it was a festival for the idolatry. So everyone went to church. So nobody was home. So Yosef obviously is not going to go. He's Jewish. So why did she stay home? He Amra Len She says, I'm not feeling well. She claimed to be sick. She said, the easiest way for me to be with Yosef is going to be today because I know no one's going to be around. 
and it'll be easiest because everyone will be uh, at church praying, and I'm going to stay home. So the pasuk says that when he refused, but if say you be big day lamer, she gra- she grabbed hold of his garment, saying to be with him. So in the very very famous Gemara, at that moment when he was about to do the Avera, the image of Yaakov Avinu appears to him in the in the window, and Amar and he said to him, Your children, my children, all the Shvatim are going to be written on the Ephod. Do you want to erase your name because you'll be considered the one who lived with Zainus? You'll lose all your fortune. Meaning, if you do this, there's no turning back. You start living with non-Jewish women. That's it. You're not going to make it to the Ephod. So says the Gemara, At that moment, his uh, Yosef's bow became uh, became uh, uh, pulled back. What does that mean? That was a euphemism. He, 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 that part of the body which was aroused stopped. And seed and the seed through his hands. Uh, his arms were full of. Uh, it, it means he was armed for war. But it's zaroi. Zaroi yadav could be read as zaroi. There was zera. So what does this mean? That point in the, he, it was, it was, it was, he had to stop. He didn't want to live with her. So, no, it's Yadav Bekarka. He put his hands in the ground. But still, Zara came out of his fingernails. Either it came out of his fingernails, miraculously, or a little bit of Zara did come out. Again, it's not obviously, as, uh, he, it's, 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 it's literally, it was uh, superhuman for him to even be able to do that. But Zara came out of his fingers. Now, because the Zara came out of his fingers, there was a taina against him. And anytime Zerah comes out of a man that's not B'makam Mitzvah, even if it's in such a way, on his Madrega there was a taina against him. So says the Gemara. By the way, this is, a, this is what the Pasuk means, from the hands of Avr, the mighty power of Yaakov. The cause that his name was able to be on the Ephod was because of Yaakov's coming to him in a, in a vision. From there he became to be a shepherd. Now Tanya, right, the only of the children that actually has Shvatim that came from him is Yosef. Right? You have Menashe and Ephraim, that he has his own Shvatim which is interesting, you don't really think about it, you just get used to it. It's a very strange thing. Every other Shevet is sort of like, has their own thing. Yosef has his own Shvatim. The truth is, says the Gemara, Yosef should have had his own 12 Shvatim, just like Yaakov had a 12 Shvatim. He was supposed to be the 12 Shvatim of Yaakov and the 12 Shvatim of Yosef. But because the Zerah came out of his fingers, the 10 Zerah came out of his fingers, he lost 10 Shvatim, and he was like to just have two of Menashe and Ephraim. Kedera sheyatsum Yaakov, Avi Shneemar, Elo told us Yaakov and Yosef. Yaakov and Yosef were equal. Ella sheyatsa shichvazar mivnetzipur niyadav. But because the Zerah came out of his fingers, he lost ten of the Shvatim. Vafal pike and Yosef and Yamracha. Oh, but they weren't lost forever because at the end of the day, it wasn't a tain against him. Rather, they came out of Binyamin. We know that Binyamin had ten children, and those ten children were named after Yosef. It was it was Binyamin's way of fulfilling the Shvatim of, ya- of Yosef HaTzadik. That although the Shvatim, the Binyamin had the ten Shvatim, but they actually were attributed in Kedusha to Yosef HaTzadik. The Kulnikah Shemoy and any, all the names of the ten sons of Binyamin were were named after Yosef. We'll go through. These are the ten names and how are they connected. Now simply put, he would name them after his brother because he missed his brother. But in a deeper madrega, it was a fulfillment of the ten Shvatim 
that Yosef was supposed to have, Binyamin had them and named them after, which is Mekasher. When you name someone, you're Mekashering after, right? That's so you, you name after the living, name after the dead. The whole sugya is you're Mekashering the baby to that Neshama. So, but Binyamin naming after the ten, he was Mekasher those those children to the to the Neshama of Yosef. Now each one is named after a different aspect of Yosef Hatzadik. Most of it is about him being sold. Bella, that was the first name. Shenivel Benumas. Bella means swallowed up because Yosef was swallowed up among the nations. Becher is Bechar Lima. He's the Bechar. Eshbal, the Eshbel, the Ashbel. I'm sorry. Sheshavu Kel. He was a captive made God, captive made by God. Geira Shigar Bachsan Yosef. He was he lived as a, as a, as a guest in another nation. Naman Shenom Biyosef. He was very pleasant. Achi and Roish. Those are two brothers. Achi who Roishi who is my brother. He's my chief. Mupim v'chufim. Now mupim is a pshat, and it's 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 unclear. That Medrash never explains what mupim is. I saw Rashi and Chumash says that mupim is is um, is a lotion of pee because um, that he he was he was Mikabal the Torah that his father had mipi. But it, the Gemara never explains what mupim is. And chufim chufim is a chupa. Meaning, and that's referring to I wasn't zeched to go to his wedding. He wasn't zeched to go to my wedding. The erd, and that sheyar the benumas that he went down. He descended among the nations. And ikadamri veerid shepanov daimin leverd. And some say erid is referring to rose because his face is beautiful like a rose. Now, just to finish up the sugya, then tomorrow we'll get to Yehuda. Well, most of them, yeah. That's why the, the, the Rashi brings down that when when Binyamin, Rashi brings down according to one pshat. That what was it that Yosef couldn't hold back anymore? So according to one shot, is he heard these names and he heard what they were named after, and and and, and it was too much for him. But yeah, this is uh, heavy. It's very very heavy. So the Gemara says, When Paro said to Yosef, "You'll be second in command of Mitzrayim." The astrologers of Paro said, "This slave Tamshileolenu is going to be appointed as a ruler of us. How could this be?" So Amr Paro said. I'm telling you, he, he, I see qualities of a king in him. He's special. So Amrulai, they said, I thought the rule of Mitzrayim is that to be the viceroy or to be the paro, you have to know 70 languages like paro does. So, and he didn't. So how did Yosef know 70 languages? Gavriel came to Yosef to, that night and to teach him all 70 languages. But he couldn't. A human can't comprehend so much in one night. So Gavriel adds the hey. That's Edus be a of Shemai. That's the hey. The hey was added to his name, and then boom, all of a sudden, like a computer. And then uh, the Lomad, he was able to grasp the language. And that's the next possible that says a language I did not know, I understood. Meaning, because the hey, he was able to understand. Now, the Macha the next day, so Paro is testing him. There were steps, right? The very famous thing. There were steps. There were 50, 70 steps to get to his throne. And each step, Paro would ask a question in a different language, and he'd have to respond in that. Language. Every language that Paro spoke to Yosef, he responded to. But when Yosef spoke to Paro in Lashon HaKodesh, Paro didn't know Lashon HaKodesh. Amr Elisa, Paro said to Yosef, Teach me, Agmar, teach me. So Yosef tried, but Paro couldn't understand Lashon HaKodesh. He was, he was the mouth of Tumah. The mouth of Tumah can't know Lashon HaKodesh. So Amr Elisa, So Paro said, Swear to me that you won't reveal the secret. So Yosef swore to him, 
And now this is the end of the story that when Yosef HaTzadik wants to bury Yaakov Avinu outside of, in Eretz Yisrael, and they didn't want to let Yaakov go, so pa- Yosef said to Paro, but I swore to my father. So Amrile Sapar responded, so just do Hataris Nadarim. So he made a swear, who cares? Break the oath. So Amrile, so Yosef said, I'll break that oath. I have another oath I could also break. So that was the that was the referencing to the fact that he was the only one who knew that Paro was not worthy of being king. And therefore, that's why even though Paro did not want to allow Yosef to take Yaakov out, that's what he says, that you take him as you made a swear, meaning Yaakov was never happy, so why did he let him go? Because he knew that Paro, Yosef had something on him and he didn't want to let that out. Alright, we'll stop here.